Hey everyone and welcome back to the Purposeful Mindset Podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that you're subscribed to my podcast and I'm excited to share yet another episode with you. This podcast is all about bringing servant leaders to share their stories and life experiences with you all in the hopes to help more people to find their true purpose and meaning to life. Today I have an incredible guest. I'm so excited to share her wisdom with you all. Her name is Kartina Rosley and she is a seasoned communication specialist, content writer, digital marketer and the founder of her own PR and social media agency known as Tin Communications. She calls her experience with more than 20 years of public relations and corporate communications in both public and private organizations in the infocom and education industries. In this episode, Tina shares her wisdom and experience how one is able to gain more confidence in themselves, take more action and believe in their unique abilities to achieve their dreams. Her resilient mindset has made her a pure servant leader who loves helping add value to the people who enter her life. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Hey Tina, thank you so much for being with me on the Purposeful Mindset podcast. I am so grateful to have your time and I can't wait for you to share your story and your journey with my listeners. Um, I want to go straight into this. I'm super excited for you to share uh, your story and your journey with the people that listen to my podcast. And because I know after having a conversation with you, the stuff that you're up to all the way in Singapore is just absolutely amazing. You know, being the being being one of the um, the in the management of marketing for one of the biggest uh, magazines in the whole of Asia is something super inspiring for someone young like me to to look up to and learn from. So I'd love I'd love for you to start with just kind of getting into your story and just share with everyone like who's Tina and how's your journey been so far. Great, uh, Sadiq, really, really thank you for having me here on the show. Uh, gosh, it's, uh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I have always been interested in writing. Uh, the strange thing uh, was that um, I wasn't really able to read very well, even until the age of seven. Um, I like to believe that I probably have dyslexia because during those times, back in like 30 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, there wasn't really any diagnosis for whether a child is really slow developer or whether they have some you know, um, uh, learning uh, disabilities. But as I grew older, I kind of realized that I had some issues in writing and um, spelling, the words for spelling, you know. And I remembered um, in English classes where uh, we had to do spelling and uh, the best score I had was a digit zero over 10. (laughs) (laughs) It's like scoring duck eggs, seriously, for spelling for many, many uh, years, I would say, like, you know, since kindergarten all the way to about primary three. And um, it was really hard for me to actually analyze or uh, understood um, alphabets, you know, at that point of time. And so my mom, who was working uh, with a uh, European family, uh, she used to bring back books, you know. I think you know, they, um, when the kids don't really need the books anymore, they would just hand it over to my mom. And so the first book I remember I read was The Little Match Girl, you know, by Kristen Henderson. And it was so inspiring because it was really sad and inspiring as well because she had so much hope, you know, about uh, trying to sell what she had. And eventually, uh, despite whatever happened, she she passed on, you know, because she was in the cold. And I read word by word with the help of my elder brother. And, um, of course, I learned how to spell. I actually copied every word on that book, you know, like wow. T-H-E for third and stuff like that. 
And um, it was also a, a teacher of mine in primary school who actually um, got us to read a book every single day as part of our reading class. And I always picked out the easiest one, you know, just yeah. thin pages kind of books because <laughs> I wanted to finish it because there's this, you know, thing of having to complete it and write a summary of the book. It's either you write a summary or you, you draw the cover of the book. And so I decided, because since I can't draw for that, so I decided, okay, fine, I'll just give a summary of the book. And it started with, this book was about a boy who lived with his father on a hill. That was, that was it. And eventually I started to write two lines, two and a half lines, three lines, you know. And when my teacher said, Tina, you're doing pretty well, you know, so keep on reading. And it was then I realized that um, reading actually helps. And I decided to become a, a librarian. Uh, while all my friends were taking part of in, in like basketball or Malay dance, you know, I got myself involved in, like, in the library services, you know, and because you get to read free books, right, instead of uh, having to buy one. So I went to the library and became a librarian, and that's where I learned to hide in one corner and started reading. Hmm. And I started to write. And, you know, as I grew up and, you know, being a teenager, you have a lot of things in your heart. So the only way to express it is to write dear diaries. So that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, I also uh, had this inspiration of wanting to become actually a broadcaster because I was so impressed with how they were, you know, they were so... Uh, um, articulate on TV, they look so presentable, so pretty. So I told myself, you know, I'm going to be like them. You know, I want to be a, a journalist, I want to become a broadcast journalist. And so I told myself, you know, I'm going to work really hard, no matter how difficult it is going to be, and, um, and I'm going to become that. So in secondary school, I barely, you know, the thing is I barely made it to secondary school because of, um, I had, you know, some difficulty in trying to, to score good grades for, for in primary school. But eventually when I went to secondary school, I, there was a time where I, I learned how to pick up my, my momentum. I did a lot of studying on my self-study. I read a lot more books, you know. Um, and again, I became a librarian because I get access to free books. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I remember it was in um, secondary three where we were, sorry, secondary four, when we had like uh, the uh, Cambridge exam. So a few months before that, you know, there was part of there was one part of this exam where you had to do a summary. So the summary actually gives you ten points out of the entire paper. And so during the exercises in class, I was never able to summarize. I couldn't understand how to summarize from a passage. And so my English teacher, which was Mrs. Sim, said, "Tina, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to make sure you're going to get at least five out of ten. You are not going to give me duck eggs for summary." <laughs> And so she actually helped me. And I eventually, after like a few months, I, find, I finally found how to, you know, uh, pick up a, a language and did a summary. Thank God uh, it did, I did well. Uh, I, I did, in fact, very well for my, for my Cambridge exam because my English was one of the best subjects in my entire list of subjects. And I went on to do um, business administration and I majored in public relations and advertising. I knew where I wanted to go. And uh, so I had a good time in school and, and, uh, and I earned my diploma in public relations and advertising. And um, I got a job initially as an admin assistant because at that point of time, um, you only have uh, one shot, right? Because there were a lot of people trying to, to get uh, their, their choice of jobs. And so I, when I applied for this job as an admin assistant, I wasn't sure whether where I was going to go. I just needed a job, right? So I, I accepted it. 
And by the grace of God, six months later, I was actually offered the position of a communications officer. And that was the beginning of my journey of, you know, entering uh, the broadcast world or journalism world. Now, you may ask, okay, Tina, what happened to broadcast journalism? And at the point of time, I realized that I wasn't confident to go on TV. (laughs) I wasn't confident to go on TV. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'll just make do with, you know, this job, a writing for, uh, so I was writing for a newsletter, for the company newsletter. And I was also involved in uh, events management. So, you know, uh, as early as, you know, I was about 20, 21 years old, I was already writing papers to convince my bosses to actually get um, CEOs of companies to actually come to give talks on uh, on management and stuff like that, you know. So I had a good time because, you know, being an MC, you have to write papers. Uh, so that was a test of your your thinking ability, your, your language ability and stuff like that. Um, and eventually I decided to, after spending a few years, about three years in, in the editorial team and events management, I went up to do media relations uh, in the corporate comms uh, headquarters. And that was when, that was my first love, right? Media relations. Uh, well, I, I didn't go to journalism. I didn't go into uh, broadcast, but I get to work with journalists, right? So it's as good as, okay, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Yeah. Well, I got you know, my dream. And there was time I learned how to write press releases. Uh, I learned how to write uh, web articles, you know, and uh, summaries. Um, and eventually I got a position in a university as a media relations officer for, and I spent 12 years in that, in that team. And I worked with many, many um, international speakers. Um, I got to meet Malcolm Gladwell. I managed to speak to, um, uh, uh, of course, Scott Frightman, you know, and uh, several other speakers from around the world, mostly in Europe and, and uh, US. And I get to uh, pitch their stories to our local papers, mm. right? Um, but the thing is that after spending about 12 years in media relations, writing, you know, interviewing, getting them on papers and, and interviews, just like here uh, in podcast, back then we don't have podcasts that they're popular, mm-hmm. it was on radio interviews, right, and then TV shows. Um, I hit like a, would you, I would say like a midlife crisis. I wasn't sure whether this is what I was going to be retiring with um, because there was a little part of me that have not been met, which is actually my dream of becoming a journalist. And so um, I had to make a, a big decision um, in my mid-40s. And I was telling myself, this is not where I want to go. Uh, it's just like clocking to work, coming back. And then I realized it's, it's, it's all over again the next day. And I wasn't, no, I wasn't sure where I was going. You know, I wasn't confident that I'm, I'm going to be happy with this. So I took a very brave decision to actually quit my job, a stable job, dual income family. And um, I decided that I'm just going to not think about work and uh, go on and connect with people and network people. And LinkedIn was the first place that I decided to go because I wanted to find a job, obviously, right? Because all of us know LinkedIn is the place to find a job. But um, what I found out was it was um, a bigger place for you to actually find new opportunities and I connected with uh, the that's where I connected with the chief editor the former chief editor of marketing in Asia 
is actually a community magazine. Um, it's written by the community for the community, the marketing community in Asia. It's based in Kuala Lumpur, in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And um, so I approached the chief because I was very impressed with the style of the writing because this is like a semi-casual and you don't really get that a lot on a magazine because, I mean, marketing public relations topic is usually quite, um, well, it is, it is uh, a serious stuff, serious topic. But the tone of the writing is very casual and it's easy for you to actually understand and read. So I wrote to him and I said, you know, I really like the style of the writing. Um, would you be okay if I, if I were to contribute an article? And he said, by all means. And the best part was I offered to write in my second language, which is Malay, yeah. which is not a norm. It's not a norm because, and because we, we speak and we write 80% of the time in English. And so I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And of course, I kind of regretted after I spoke to him and he said, fine. Um, I said, oh gosh, what have, that, what have I done? You know, Because um, I've never written a Malay piece professionally. Hmm. Um, because all our pictures are even, in, uh, to, even to the Malay papers are in, in English. And so when I wrote it, um, I took three days and I sent it over to him. And he took about 12 minutes on LinkedIn, <laughs> a message. And he said, Tina, this is awesome. I'm going, to pu- I'm going to publish it. So I would say that was the beginning, you know, and, and, I, and I told him, I'm going to write the second one. And then he said, yeah, sure, by all means. And then came the third one. And then I said, you know, I am really interested to be part of your contributors team. And then he said, yeah, Tina, why not? You know, I think you write pretty well. And I think uh, if, uh, if you enjoy doing this, by all means. So it was a few months writing in, with the marketing in Asia and that's where um, the opportunity came. And, you know, uh, the chief told me, Tina, would you be interested to be a columnist? And I was like, whoa, a columnist? Really? Um, because I, I think in a, in a span of like four, four or five months, I was already writing about 11 articles for the magazine. Mm. It's quite consistent. So I wrote like two articles, um, almost on average two articles per month. And he said, Tina, would you be keen to if I were to give you a column? So I was like, oh my God, yeah, obviously, you know. And that's where I was even more inspired to uh, write. And I was just writing every day. So I was like, you know, every day I woke up, there was a new meaning to life. Mm. Um, and I would research on, on, on articles. I would read on what people is interested, people are asking, you know. And then I would formulate them into an article. Now, and then a few months down the road, um, he was asking me, you know, Tina, will you be interested to be part of the team? So I was like, what do you mean? And then he said, really, to be part of the team. And I would like to offer you to be an editor for uh, a particular country. Basically, it's to grow the readers and the contributors and to be part of the, and to make the MIA uh, uh, bigger in Asia. And so I was like, oh, am I really up for this? But this is like a golden opportunity. So I said, What's the worst that can happen, right? So they, the worst that can happen, it will not be successful. It will not, you know, take off. But until I try it, I wouldn't know. So I did. And that. that's where um, it all happened. Uh, and of course, there were some rearrangements. And, uh, um, and of course, there, were, there are six of us in the team right now. Um, and all of us got new roles because we had some changes. So now, uh, besides, you know, gathering... Um, community from, from Indochina, uh, which is uh, the countries that I'm looking after. I also look at uh, opinion, 
you know, pieces from, from contributors. So whoever, whichever, whoever is interested to write uh, for marketing and public relations matters, you know, they can always uh, connect with me. And of course, being on LinkedIn, I've met people, I mean, with you, like I told you before, like, you know, suddenly your feet just came onto my feet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it was, I was just amazing, you know, and I've met so many people, just so, so many people that it's so inspiring, um, whom I felt that, you know, hey, and for all you know, I might be inspiring to others as well. And that's what I want to do. And I'm, I'm really glad that for the last few months that I have people coming on board. And uh, Tina, you know, uh, I love your, your pieces. I like your writing. Um, I love, uh, thank you for all your, your comments. You know, uh, let's connect. And I say I'm more than happy. So this is where I am today. And of course, on top of that, um, last year, I also decided to start a, uh, my, I run my own boutique public relations and digital media agency. And I targeted for small businesses in Singapore. So basically, uh, I'm like the extended team for all the small businesses who might need a social media manager mm. or a public relations specialist to help them grow their business. So I, I managed both at the same time. I'm really happy. And thank God it's been uh, four months since uh, Teen Communications has taken off, has been launched. And I've got like four to six clients. So I'm, I'm really grateful for all these things that happened. So the thing is that the moral of the entire thing is if you don't take a step back, stop whatever they are doing. If you don't take a, back, a step back, you really don't know what the future is going to hold. So you take a step back and decide whether you're going to go left, right, or just continue. So that's basically the whole works, yeah. Love it. It's so inspiring. The one thing I love from your story is like how resilient you are, you know, like <laughs> the fact that you just lost your job, like like you said, like it's, it's hard for a mom to just leave their job, Ryan, and just rely on, on one, one income and then try to figure out, okay, I need to go find another job now. And, and then you know for X amount of months, you're just going to be networking and trying to find a new job, right? So it's that kind of, that fear in your heart where you're just like, oh, you know, am I going to get something? When am I going to get something? I need money. And so I, I really like respect you for that, for that kind of bold decision that you made. Um, yeah. And the other thing that came to my mind is like, just how, like you were just, you just persevered, you know, you just kept going, you kept going, you know, you, you knew you had this dream, but you kept yeah. going. And then the one word I kept hearing is try, you know, you kept trying. And that's the yeah. one thing I tell all my, all my kind of, you know, throughout all my content, I always share with everyone, guys, go and try new things. Go and just experience things, fail, make mistakes. Don't worry so much about what's going to happen. The, the other thing I loved when you said was, what's the worst that's going to happen? That yeah. question, when we ask ourselves that question, it's so powerful because it's like, really, when you think about it deep down, what is the worst that can happen when you go out to try something new in your life? The worst thing is going to happen, you're going to fail. Nobody's going to punch you in the face. You know, no right. one's going to hurt you. No one's going to stab you. Like, there's nothing that bad going to happen. The worst thing is you're going to fail and make, make some mistakes. Who cares? Yeah. Learn from it and, and continue, just continue trying because the more we try, the more we actually get to the one really big purpose that we find in our life. That's what happened to me. That's what happened for yourself. But yeah. one thing I want to ask you is how did you like, where does your, like, where does your creativity come from? Because obviously being a writer, you have to have that kind of creative mind. Where does that, for you, where does that come from? I would say the people that I, I, I meet, yeah. the people, their work, you know. Um, I read a lot. Um, I used to read a lot of books. I, I have to admit that I don't read too, too, too much now. Yeah. Um, 
because everything is online. So we have we are so dependent on social media. We are so dependent on online ebooks. But yes, I, I read a lot from the people that I, I follow. Uh, majority on LinkedIn, and of course, uh, my my own chief, my former chief of marketing in Asia. You know, um, he writes really well, and uh, and I want to become like him. Oh, you know, there's this term that you always say: when I grow up, I want to become like him. You know, but but on a serious note, but he really like uh, writes really well, and of course, there are other writers. Uh, that I follow on LinkedIn, and uh, of course the people that I've met, even from my own in my in my own um, family, you know, um, my son is actually um, has ASD, which is he's he's on a spectrum, and because he's on a spectrum, I have to learn how to manage him, and of course the best sources of information is of course from books and from people who actually are the specialists. And at the same time, he is my inspiration. My children are my main inspiration because, you know, um, for, for my son, when I see him struggle, so I would have, with the experiences of having to deal with him, that's the way I get my inspiration to write. When I deal with my daughter, who's a teenager, going through a lot of, you know, things going right now, these are the inspirations for me to write. And I try to put whatever that is on personal life. And there's a lot of things that you can actually um, relate, you know, from personal to, to your career, to, to your work. And that's how my inspiration comes. And I always have this thought that um, whenever you write on a personal life, you can always relate it to uh, leadership, to team, teamwork and stuff like that. So that's how this is. It's a very simple, you know, um, way of, of finding inspiration uh, to write. So it's mostly people I've made, but of course it's mostly, and, and most uh, more importantly, it's actually my kids. Mm. They are the main, the main drive for me to write every day. I love yeah. that. That's inspiring because, yeah, I think for most parents it is, right? It's like you look at your kids, the one, they're, they're like the love of your life and, you know, they, they are the ones that you just watch, right? Like, I love, I love watching kids and learning. I have two, two younger nieces. So, like, yeah. whenever I'm with them and just observing, like, them playing together or me playing with them, you know, it's yeah. just that. I just love learning from them, like the 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 next word they're gonna say, or like the animal noises she now makes is when I say, "What's oh, so how does a cow? How, what what noise does a cow make?" And she's like, "Moo," you know, like, and then what's a frog? And you know, they, they just like I just love watching and analyzing how kids learn, and I think it's so yeah. important because that's how. One thing I always share with everybody is that we are still kids, right? We are all still someone's someone's yeah. son or daughter. So yes. we all have this inner child. And this is why, like, on my content, right, most people know me as, like, a crazy dude because I just like being myself. Like, I've accepted myself 100%. So because yes. it, and, and, and I show that in everything I do because I no longer care what people think about me. I don't care about the judgments, the negativity. Like, I just don't care right. what people think about me no more. Just because I've worked on my personal growth for such a long time now. And everybody that follows my content, they understand that this guy is just always so real, whether he's in his videos, online, podcast, you know, wherever we see him, even in real life at an event, he's just this crazy high energy person. Yeah. And yeah. that's because I just, it's because it just comes down to accepting yourself for who you are, you know, not worrying about people's judgment, not worrying about um, not trying something because of what someone will say. And that's yeah. what most people struggle with right now is that fear in their mind where they, they're so scared to do this one thing they really want to do, but their parents, their brother, their sister, or their friends are going to laugh at them. So they're not doing that thing. That's kind of like their dream, you know, but they're not, they're not pursuing it because they're scared. They have this fear in, their, in, in your heart. What would you say yeah. to someone that has like fear to just take that step and try? 
is what you mentioned, take the step. The first journey to success is taking the first step. If you have that fear of even believing in yourself to take your own step, nobody's going to help you. Nobody's going to be able to make you achieve that dream. And that, you know, that notion about personal growth is all in your mindset. Uh, you, you really have to understand um, or appreciate your own self-worth. You have to really tell yourself, look, you know, this is me. Uh, I understand I have my, my uh, weaknesses, but are you going to let those weaknesses uh, be the one that's leading your life? Or are you going to take whatever that, you know, positivity that you have left, even if you think I only have like that 10%, then so be it, take it, take the first step, just like what I did. I'm, you know, I was so comfortable working for 24 years, you know, going to work, knowing that I wake up, I have a place to go. Uh, I will get money at the end of the month, a paycheck, you know, um, insurance covered, medical covered. Um, I don't really have to worry. I just have to go to work and perform. But at the end of the day, are you going to be happy? Is this what you really want? If, if you're not happy, if you then don't, don't lie to yourself because you only live once and we don't know what the next day is going to bring for us. Are you confident that there's going to be, you know, the next day is going to give you what you want? But if you have been so, you know, um, worried about uh, whether I, should, I, I would, I will make it, and then you keep, you will always keep on thinking. Thinking is not going to make it work. You just really have to, like I said, you know, stop, stop, make a decision, and go. Like what I mentioned earlier, what's the worst that can happen, right? Of course. I had a lot of questions in my head. I was like, okay, I, what happens if not, I'm not going to find a job in the next six months because the savings is going to deplete, right? And I'm going to depend on my husband. It's not that he can't, but the thing is that to live a comfortable life in this era, you need to have a dual income for most of the families. And so after about four, four months when I was not able to find a job, I had to find a way to earn money. And that was how I started to um, find freelance work with, a, with friends, you know, and then they would say, Tina, would you mind writing an article for me, like a, like a ghostwriter? And I say, yeah, why not, you know? Tina, would you mind pitching my story, you know, to the media because I, I just launched my company? And I say, yeah, sure, why not? You see, you have to look at all these small opportunities that come your way as your new, as a, as your new journey. And that's where I started and think, right, you know, for all, for all God is trying to tell me, Tina, it's enough. Corporate world is the end for you. You know, entrepreneurship journey is going to be uh, your next option. And again, of course, a lot of people say entrepreneurship journey is never easy. Oh, gosh, I know that. You know, it's been uh, a couple of months now. It's work nonstop. At least if you're in a corporate world, you can actually take a break. Holidays mean holidays. But when you're an entrepreneur, you actually literally work. And I think that you know, you know, putting up content, meeting clients, you know, um, answering questions, uh, crisis management with clients, you know, last minute, even at 12 midnight, they might message you. Message you. Um, but at the end of the day, if you were to ask me, Tina, are you happier now? You know, there's no time. Uh, basically, it's like, what time is work? Work is almost, you know, almost yeah, every hour, right? Yeah. But if you ask me whether, Tina, are you happy now compared to 24 years ago? Well, I would say that I was happy for the last 24 years. But I'm happy that I made this, this uh, decision to stop. 
and take the next step. And this is my new chapter in life. If I hadn't decided to stop, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to meet, you know, uh, 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 my dream of being a writer, of being a journalist, of uh, working in a magazine, you know, um, I wouldn't be able to. So the whole idea and, and my advice is know your self-worth. Fear is always there, but until you actually take the first step, you will never know. So do it. I love that. So inspiring. Guys, you, you listen to this, listen to her wisdom. It's so it's giving me goosebumps. <laughs> it's, it's so it's just so like refreshing and just so amazing listening to your words because like everything you're, you're you're sharing is purely from passion, from your own experience. Like you've been through it, you've gone through the hardship, you've gone through challenges. And I always tell people like we all have ups and downs in life. So if you're in a bad place right now, that's just going to be temporary. Don't don't try to uh, overthink it so much, but instead try to put more of those those that positive energy that you said, even if it's five or ten percent. Try to put that little bit of energy that you still have left and that hope into just trying that next thing or just doing something that just makes you really happy. Because the end goal, guys, is the fact that we have to do something in life that makes us happy. You know, and and I always tell people whether it makes you money or not at the beginning it's not going to make you money because it's going to be just a passion. It's going to be something like a hobby. It's going to be something you just like doing. But yeah. as long as it makes you happy and you like content within your heart, then eventually you will figure it out. You will figure out a way to earn from that. And yeah. this is why it's so important for us all to just continue going on like our our journey and just try new things and and take action. Like you know, I just said, I shared a whole TEDx talk about just consistently taking action in your life to find your true purpose. Because I believe in my journey, I just consistently, like every day, didn't stop. I've been putting out content for the past five or six years, nonstop. Videos, mm. posts, quotes, whatever. Just experience of my life. And then I was part of the, the network marketing company for five years. You know, the, 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 the Asian company where I learned so much. I got to travel yeah. to Malaysia and I got to go to Dubai. And you know, it was such a refreshing uh, opportunity for me to learn more about life at such a young age. And I was so grateful because I was like, I got to meet amazing people from all over the world. And I got to experience new cultures, right? Because I got to go to Dubai and Malaysia. And I was like, wow, their culture is so different. Like, I wish London was more like this, you know, more friendly. Because it's not really like, it doesn't have that, that vibe yeah. in London. Like, yes, it's amazing. It's all multicultural and people are amazing from different backgrounds. But those countries have this different type of energy where it's like, there's, much, there's so much more love for everybody. There's so much more kindness. There's... It's so open and like uh, respected, I say, like out out in the world when you just when you just out and about shopping and just just seeing seeing life. So yeah, no, I love what you shared and uh, all the all the kind of experiences that you've been through. On like just to kind of end before I ask you the last four questions, one thing I want to kind of ask you uh, to touch on a little bit is um, what would you say to that person right now listening who does does tend to overthink. You know, they, they do overthink life a little little too much and they do have this purpose or this passion or this hobby that they really want to do. What advice would you give that person to, to do to, to stop overthinking? I would say start small. Start small. Like what I've done, um, approach, what I did was I approached the, the chief editor of the magazine and I said, can I just offer the first article, right? And uh, start small. Believe in what you do best. Really ask yourself if, let's say you you know you are a um, a social media specialist and you want to become a social media specialist, right? 
um, and you are at this end where you might not be able to get a job. So what can you do? Do that what Sadiq does. Put out good content, relevant content on all these platforms. Get connected with people. Most importantly is to get connected with people. Engage with them. Connection just not just adding them, but also to engage with them, learn from them. But the most important is to take that first step, like I've always mentioned in the entire podcast, is take the first step, believe in yourself, know your self-worth, and do it. Because if you don't do it, you will never you will never be able to do it. So just do it, seriously. Just like what Nike did, just do it. Just do it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The best punchline, yeah, and I love it. It's just, and it comes back to what, very much what I always share with them, which is take action. Just do it. Like, yes. just take the action and implement those, those things that you learn. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, no matter what, like what you always mentioned, Sadiq, no matter what people say about you, they might just poison your mind and say, you know what, it's not going to work. Mm. Uh, a lot of people are also doing that. You know, uh, what, is, what difference are you going to make? Uh, there's thousands of people doing what you're doing. Um, what makes you so sure that the editor is going to give you a shot? Seriously, shut them out mm. of your mind. Really, I mean, even if it means your brother, if it means your sister, your mom, your dad, um, I'm not telling them to not to be uh, disrespectful, you know, yeah. to them. You, sh- you should still listen to them. But at the end of the day, it's your life. And if you think this is something positive and you want to lead a positive life, you have to make the first step. So be brave. You know, no matter what people say, be brave and, and go for it. This is what I... Same thing as I've gone through in my entire life, you know. Who would have thought that I would end up being a writer? Who would have thought that I would end up being my own my own boss? Nobody. Even for my dad, when I, you know, Sadiq, I took, gosh, two months, you know, before I told my dad, you know, Papa, I eventually, now I'm no longer working. Um, I just started my business. He went, he went on a long pause. <laughs> <laughs> And, and this was his first sentence. And he said, take every job, even if it means 10 bucks, which was his blessing. Basically, he's telling me, I'm blessing you. I know you've been, always been working. I know money is going to be there. Um, but if there's something that you, you, you want to do, I'm, I'm giving you my blessings. And his advice is, no matter how small the job is, Take it because you need the clientele. You need to build your reputation. You need to build, you know, uh, your portfolio. So, no job is ever too small. And take it. And and that was it. That was it. You know. So I had a fear of telling my dad because he always asked, me, "Why have you not been working? Mm. What if have you been applying? You know?" And all I said, "Yes, dad. Yes." But after two months after the launch, and after I got my first client, I told him, "Okay, dad." The reason why I've not been working is this. I think he went for a long pause and <laughs> eventually he gave me his blessings, which was the best, which was mm. the best. So, That's yeah. I love it. So, it's, it's, it's good to have those that's, that support around you, right? Because I know how Absolutely. it felt when I had negativity as well. Like when I started uh, my speaking journey or just actually when I started my the network marketing business um, over, what, seven years ago now, I think? Six or seven years? Yeah. Um, yeah, like my parents were the most negative people. My family were the most negative people. They're the ones that, they saw me go out every day to events or every week. And just every day I was, I was meeting people, you know, for, for coffee and stuff. And they're like, why are you always out? 
You know, you never used to go. Right. I used to be used to always play games at home, and now you all is out. What? Who are you going to see? Or what are you doing? Are you being dodgy? Like you know, they were they start having doubts. They thought their son is getting messed up now. Like why is he always going out? For me, it was like I knew what I'm doing. Like, and my end goal, anyways, in life is to make them happy. So and I'd rather can... not say anything and, and just be quiet and silent for a few years and just let them, you know, whatever negativity, just keep talking and ignore it. I, I don't disrespect them, but I ignore them. Like I ignore yeah. what they're saying it's because it. it's not good. Exactly. It's not positive. Yeah. It's, not, it's not pumping me up to to go and um, to go and like put more energy into what I'm doing. It's trying to pull yeah. me down. And even though they're my parents and I love them, I won't let them yeah. pull me down until I did that TEDx and then I showed them the video and I look what your son did. Like, do you know how hard it is for someone to go and get a TEDx talk in, in life? It's one of the hardest things to get. And I was like, yeah, I did one. And then they saw it. They, 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 then they were like, they, just recently when they saw that a month ago, they were so happy. They're like, oh my God, how did you do this? And then my dad was like, because my dad, because my parents know I didn't go to university, but I still, you know, worked in a, in a massive bank, right? And, right? but they still, like when they saw that video, they're like, He's, he didn't go to university, but he gave a TEDx talk in a university. <laughs> Like he will, have, he will have spoke to a group of people in university. For me, that was the best kind of feeling after seeing finally that like, they approve of what I'm doing and they know it's something good. So, um, so yeah, no, I love that. I love, I love your journey. I love your story. <clears throat> the one thing now at the end of the show, Tina, is something called the <laughs> final four, where I ask four okay. questions and it's literally okay. the first sentence that comes to your mind. Okay, i all right, cool. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's not, it's not, too, they're not too hard. They're just normal, normal questions. So the first one I have for you is, is in one sentence, what comes to your mind when you hear the word storytelling? Oh, gosh. Um, telling people... Oh, gosh, this is a bit hard. <laughs> Let me see. Um, storytelling is it's about... It's for you. You do storytelling all the time. You're writing, though. <laughs> well, I get storytelling is all about what you feel, what you see. And how we want to inspire people of the things that you saw um, and, and hopefully make, it, make a difference in whatever that, you know, they're going through in their lives. So that is storytelling to me, to inspire people, to motivate them and to get them to take action. Yeah, that's storytelling for me. Yeah. Love it. Love it. See, I knew it's, it's inside me. Sometimes you need that little kind of nudge, right? <laughs> yeah. That was a specific one for you because I knew you come from that writing background. So I thought, let me ask you about storytelling. What's the first thing that comes to her mind? Because I know how <laughs> important storytelling is in writing um, yeah. and, and speaking too. Okay, so the second question is one that I always get uh, my listeners to go and take action on straight away. That is, what, what, which one video or movie have you ever seen in your life that has like a really positive effect that you'd recommend them to go and watch? Um, I would say, if I remember the title Christ, it's by uh, Clash of the Titans um, yes. by Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. I think it was, by, it was about a group of, uh, I think he was a coach for a high school football uh, team who was basically hopeless. <clears throat> you know, but he actually managed to turn all of them around into one of the best state football team. And that movie was actually really inspiring because I was at the stage where um, I was about to make a decision whether to leave my editorial work and to do media relations. Um, and I think, and I was really inspired by Denzel Washington because he's my favorite actor anyways, and his quotes are just so inspiring. Um, but in that movie, it, it talks about good leadership, talks about a lot of grit, determination. And if you don't take the first step to changing your life, 
then you will not you will not you know get a chance. But the most important thing is you also need a mentor, a really great leader, a very a good mentor who believes in you. And I had a really good mentor back then. She was my first supervisor. When I told her that I wanted to move on to you know doing media relations, and she said, Tina, do it. Even though I'm going to lose one of the best uh, you know staff, but I want the best for you. So wow. um, do it. And that's why I, and, and I and I moved on to the next job. And until today, she's always been my mentor. And you know, even though I'm in business, sometimes I talk to her. So a mentor is important, but at the same time, it also takes yourself, you yourself makes a difference mm-hmm. in, in, in making the entire equation work positively. So yeah, that was the one of the best movies that I've ever had. Nice, amazing. Cool, love it, and I agree with you. Actually, um, I think having mentors or role models and people that we look up to in life, whether online or offline, is so important for us to to just learn from and and see see the experience and then take action in our own life. Take take the best out of them and implement it in our own unique way. That's Indeed. kind of like how I see it. So yeah, love yeah. that. Okay, the next one is now the similar question, but which one book would you now recommend everyone to go and read? Because I know you probably have read hundreds of them. But which, if you were to choose just one top top one book that everyone should read, it will somehow help their mindset. It will help their creativity. Which one would you recommend? Okay, um, I'm not really a fan of self help books. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but there, I I'm a I'm a fan of Sydney Sheldon books. Uh, ever since I was a teenager, mm. um, I was about I started reading his books when I was about seventeen. And his books all talks about, you know, women who, uh, stories of inspiration for women. And in Sydney Shadow books, there are, I, there are, oh gosh, to be honest, I think there's a lot of titles. I, I think I've read all, you know. <laughs> but, um, and I think people, especially girls and women who want to break out of their, of their shell, you know, read Sydney Sheldon books. These are really inspiring stories. I have to admit that some of them can be a bit, um, uh, how should I say this, uh, really sad, you know, and can affect you uh, pretty bad. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, there's always a good ending towards, you know, mm. the entire story. And um, I, w- I would recommend Sydney Sheldon books. I'm really sorry. I, I That's okay. No, it's fine. I, it's completely, there's no specific type of book. It just has to be <laughs> something that you've read in your life. That has inspired yeah. you. You know, he's given you some kind of a thought process that has changed. Yeah. Definitely Sydney Sheldon books. Uh, I've read it all. Um, this reason why I can remember all the titles because I will always yeah. go to the secondhand bookstore and pay for three dollars for about a week, <laughs> and then I would finish yeah. it in two days on the bus to work. Yeah, and um, it's really inspiring because it talks about women and the struggles and how they actually come out of it mm. and to become really good and and, and uh, you know really well in their, in their careers and life as well. So yeah, Sydney Sheldon books. Nice. Awesome. Guys, make sure you go check, check that out. Um, <laughs> okay, so the last question now is it gets a little bit more deeper, but I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> if, you can, if you can spend a few hours to learn from someone's wisdom, whether they're dead or alive, who would that one person be and why? Um, well, to be honest with you, my best teacher, I know how cliche this might sound, my best teacher is actually my late mom. Now, why do I say that? And I don't think she's re- she's ever going to be irreplaceable. Uh, I rather I cannot replace her forever, you know. Because besides being a mom, 
she was my first teacher. She was my first mentor. And it was only when I was about 80 years old that I realized that she was illiterate. But she made me read in front of the mirror every single day to her, you know, because she wanted me to be able to spell and read. And she was working as a um, domestic helper for, uh, for expatriates. And she worked really hard, but she has never um, felt that it was, there was any, there was any degree, uh, disgrace of being a helper. And she will always tell me, you know, if you work really hard, um, pay attention, you know, uh, do your prayers, you know, um, things will go your way. Of course, if there, things do not go your way, there are reasons why. You must always understand, you must always accept there are better options. Mm. You know, God will always tell you that uh, other options, there's a reason why these things might not work, even if you feel that's the best, you know. Um, I wish that she's still here because she, she passed on like um, four or five years ago. Mm. And uh, even until to, up to the time when she was uh, still sick, you know, um, I go to her to talk about life, to talk about work even though she might not really understand the job of a media relations officer, right? But she will always tell me what I should do as a teammate, as a subordinate, um, as a mentor to my, in, to my interns. Uh, she's basically teaching me about life, about, you know, about attitudes. Because at the end of the day, you, all you need to have is attitude. Attitude will make you go far, but attitude is what is going to make you wholesome as a person. So I would say, you know, Mom, mom is the person that um, uh, has been the most instrumental in my life and she'll always be. Uh, and I, I hope that my son and my daughter will eventually say that <laughs> if you ask them 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they will. I'm pretty sure they will. They have a super inspiring mom that's, that's, that's hustling, that's, doing, that's living her dream. And I'm sure like they, they're 100%, they can see your life. They can see you on the calls. They see you working really hard. And they'd be like, we remember when mom was on the laptop all the time, you know, working hard. And we want to be like, <laughs> we want to be like her. We want to have a, a good life and do something we enjoy as well. So no, I, I, think, I think, yeah, amazing. Keep up the, keep up the amazing work because your kids are going to really be inspired by what you're doing right now. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, especially for my son, because it's going to be a long journey for him um, because he's, uh, like I said, he has, he's on a spectrum. And so his challenges might be a bit more difficult and more his journey is going to be more, I would say, to put it on a positive mindset, a bit more interesting as compared to his sister, mm. you know, because um, he will have more challenges, he will face a lot more things as compared to his, uh, to his uh, sister. But I want to have him live with a life that is full, you know, and he's, he's really a happy boy. He's very positive and that helps. And I hope that uh, by, by instilling this, this attitudes in him, you know, the attributes of life, um, go with it. And uh, no, you know, no amount of spectrum is going to stop you from achieving what you have. No. And should I tell yeah. you something, Tina? If you look at the world right now and you look at majority of the most successful people in the world, guess what? Someone like Richard Branson, dyslexic, can't read or write. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still, still a billionaire. Look at some some other people. I mean, I, I can. There's so many names that can pop into my mind now. But there's so many people in the world that have been bedridden, and they're like one of the most wisest, smartest people in the world who have changed the world. You know. So I would say, don't look at it in a negative way, but see the positive side of how he is, because he would end up being. He may end up being one of the one of the next Mark Zuckerberg's of the world. He may find a way to find a solution to many people's problems. And you might not yeah. know it now, but those, 
honestly, those are the people I look at as the most unique. And yes, they go for the most challenges, but they become the most resilient. Hence yeah. why they, it leads them to somewhere. Like one day they also have that question I ask myself, who gives a crap what people think? I don't care yeah. if, I'm, if I'm like this, I'm still going to help people and change the world. Yeah, that's the way. That's the spirit. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Love it. Gina, thank you so much for everything you've shared on the show. I'm super grateful for your time and for all your wisdom. What's the best way all the listeners can go and connect with you, learn about you, ask you questions? Which platforms do you live on the most? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. So just find my name, Katrina Rosley, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, I have my articles on Marketing in Asia as well. So it's just marketinginasia.com. Uh, I have a channel there. If you look at my name, uh, I have all my articles there. But I'm also on the uh, Medium and Thrive Global. So, yeah, just search for my name here and there. Just connect with me. I'll be happy to meet uh, and, and connect with a lot of people from around the world. And I want to inspire as much as I want, uh, you know, as much as I can. And most importantly, uh, before I go, is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, after what you've gone through, just remember to pay it forward. Always, always pay it forward. It doesn't have to be in money, but it can always be in like talking to somebody, like what you have done, sorry, or you're, whatever you're doing every day, speaking to people, you know, um, giving them inspiration, changing their mindset. So I think that's important. And uh, pay it forward. Uh, you never know what's gonna, what, what you're going to get in return, but trust, trust God, trust that whatever that you, will, that you give, believe that it will always be a chain reaction. If it's not going to happen to you in your lifetime, it will happen in your children's lifetime. So uh, that is what living is going to be worth for. Yeah. So that's my, yeah, my closing. Love. Thank you for having, having me here as well. No, you're welcome. I, I'm, I'm humbled to have, to have had this conversation with you. But thank you for all the wisdom you shared. And um, I'm looking forward to collaborate on a lot more things with you in the future. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to working with you again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll have you back on in a few months back again, for sure. (laughs) It'll be super cool to have a a different type of angle of the conversation. Sure. Keep doing what you're doing. doing. It's it's, it's amazing. And keep inspiring people. Keep helping people. Keep writing. And uh, and yeah, once again, thank you for being on my show. Uh, Thank you, Sandy. Thank you. All right. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. If you're still there, I just want to say a massive thank you for your attention and your time. It really means a lot to me. Please do me one favor and subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends and leave a rating on whichever platform you're listening to this. It would honestly mean the world to me. Thank you so much once again. I hope that this episode brought value and inspiration into your life and I'll see you guys next week.